This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. For all of your Wisconsin Badgers news from the recruiting trail, on the field, and near the rim, this is the Badger Blitz Podcast. If you want to be a Badger, just come along with me by the bright shiny light of the moon. On Overtime Media. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Live from the Vivid Seats studio, I am senior writer Jake Kokorowski. We have editor, recruiting analyst John McNamara here as well. Fun episode coming up. Of course, it's our late week show. And of course, use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. First time customers only. And we're going to get to some mailbag questions in just a little bit. We got our keys to the game. We'll have Doug Bouchon from Orange and Blue News helping us preview the Illinois Fighting Illini, along with Noah Burks, Logan Bruss, some player interviews. We'll disperse those throughout this show. So you're getting a lot. And even tomorrow, I'm going to put out a special episodes because I had a lot of interviews and John and I are thinking about what we can do. So we're gonna have a special edition. I'll tease it till the end, but we'll have a special guest on that. I'll have the show exclusively just for that interview. And that will add one more player interview from there as well. That'll be for Friday. So I'll pop that up onto our megaphone and our overtime media avenues there for everyone to listen, but enough about that. Let's get to this game. And John, I know a lot of people are talking about it. I've done radio hits. You've heard it too. Kind of overlooking this game. However, Wisconsin, from all indications, it seems like they're not overlooking the Illini, even though they're two and four, 0 and three in the Big Ten. Wisconsin players seem to have a healthy amount of respect for Illinois and that program that Lovey Smith leads. Yeah, I mean, they, they seem to be saying all the right things. And, you know, obviously this this team is uh, you know, proven that they haven't overlooked anyone, you know, so far this year, you know, they, they've taken care of business and in, in every one of the games they've been in, you know, that, that includes the, you know, the lopsided non-conference games that, that happened at Camp Randall. And, you know, you know, even a team like Michigan state kind of got out of hand as well in favor of Wisconsin. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, I, you, you believe them at what they say. Um, you know, I don't believe that Zach Bond didn't know, that Ohio state was, was coming up next against, you know, after Illinois. But again, I, I, I think this is a, you know, a, a veteran team with, with a lot of leaders, um, you know, Chris Orr being one, you know, Bond being another, um, you know, Jonathan Taylor on the offensive side of the ball. So I think that they understand that, you know, in order to achieve what, what they want to in this season, you know, it takes focus each and every week. So again, they're saying all the right things. I, I think they will take care of business against Illinois um, I, I don't see a slip up here, but, you know, if ever there's a trap game, you know, in every sense of the word, this, this could potentially be it. But again, I don't see that happening on the road against Illinois. I, I do think this team is focused and I do think that, uh, you know, they, they kind of have their way early and often against Illinois uh, on Saturday. 
And of course, Badger Blitz will be down in Champaign. We're making the early morning trek down about three, three and a half hours, depending on how fast we are able to go. The game time kickoff just around 11 a.m. Central Time on BTN. Of course, that's the Big Ten Network. You can also watch on the Fox Sports mobile app. And if you are listening on the radio, Badger Radio Network streaming site, if you're not around a regular radio, search WIBA and you'll hear Matt LaPay, Mike Lucas. Earlier today, updated injury report was released. Jack Dunn off the injury list. He had a head injury. However, Leo Chanel, inside linebacker and fullback Mason Stocky, both out because of respective injuries. Otherwise, a pretty healthy group heading into this seventh game of the season, week eight of the college football season. But, John, I got a question for you, and maybe it's for both of us. It regards in terms of the punt return game, and we've seen Jack Dunn improve his punt return average. Last year was just five and a half yards per attempt per return. This year it's up around nine, but obviously there were a couple of fumbles in consecutive weeks, once against one against Northwestern, which led to a touchdown, and then one against Kent State where he recovered the ball, but it you know was not lost, but it's still something you don't want to see out of your return game. And then when he exited the game after taking a return, he had a, that head injury that he's now taken off the injury list at four. You saw Danny Davis come in only four yards on two attempts. Did you see anything from Davis that maybe gave that maybe made you think that maybe he would be the better returner compared to Dunn? You know, I, I would say no. Um, I, I will say though that I, I think that if if one of those two is going to break one off for for a score, you know, it might be Danny Davis. I think he has more big play potential. Um, I, I think Paul Chris likes Jack Dunn back there. Um, because of his consistency and, and you know the fact that he's pretty reliable although you know like you talked about he's you know had some some issues of late but I, I think that's what Chris is looking for um, as a guy that you don't have to worry about back there you know not to say that Danny Davis is a guy that you know brings a lot of issues back there someone who's not reliable you know he wouldn't be the number two guy if he was uh, but you know I think if if there's a big play guy between the two it might be Danny Davis but um, you know, I think he was still kind of getting the feel for things in, in the punts against Michigan State. Um, you know, I, I, maybe you'd like to see a little bit more in, in some games that are a little bit more lopsided. You know, maybe, you know, even beyond Danny Davis. Are there are there some other guys uh, on this roster who can do some things? You know, may, maybe a guy like Isaac Garendo, you know, who we've heard all about, you know, with, with the speed that he has. So, again, you know, it's, it's, it's a position where, you know, if you go to back to fall camp, you know, they, they look at 10, 12 guys back there. And you know, obviously, you know, Jack Dunn's back there for a reason. You know, Paul Chris trusts him. Um, you know, I'm not ready to say though, that I, I prefer to see Danny Davis. It was a small sample size against Michigan state. Um, but, you know, I guess you, you got to trust what, what Paul Chris thinks there. And, um, you know, right now Jack Dunn's his guy. And, you know, when he's healthy, I would, I would imagine that he'll be back there. When we talked with Paul Chris today, he mentioned both, you know, Dunn and Davis were his punt returners. So he didn't really give an indication there. I think Dunn has proven himself. He had that 40 plus yard return against South Florida. So there you see, you saw a little explosiveness from him there. How, yeah. And I agree too. I think he'll clean it up. And I think he's the best choice right now because when you had him back there for, you know, spring or fall camp, it was, you saw 
Dunn and Davis and Crookshank. And before he was out for the year, like during the spring at times when he was healthy, you saw, or was it spring or was it even fall camp? It might've been Cade Green. Might, maybe I'm thinking maybe even last year. So I've seen Cade Green back there at times too, where you know he could have been a viable punt returner possibly down the road. So we'll see just who could emerge down the road there for the punt return for the punt return duties. But uh, right now, I think if he's healthy, I think Dunn stays and there is a trust with him. I think despite those fumbles, like you mentioned. So it was just a question that I posed just because people I think have been clamoring for Davis and, or for somebody else, or even like a Crookshank that might have a little bit more explosiveness. And we've seen what Crookshank's done on a couple of kickoff returns. And that's a drastically different type of return compared to a punt. But it should be interesting just to see how the special teams unit develops there going forward. And, you know, I was going to do a keys to the game later, John, regarding special teams. We'll get to the offense and defense after the break. But special teams as a whole, like, is it just me or do I feel that I I kind of want to see a little bit more this week? Is this kind of maybe... I don't want to say a tune-up because we know that they're taking with Illinois seriously, but with Ohio state looming at the horseshoe on October 26th, which is nine days from when we're recording right now, if I'm Wisconsin, I, I want to see more assurance from that unit as a whole and not trying to talk, you know, call them out altogether, but you see Zach Hintz booming the ball out of the end zone a lot of times, but you know, you saw Colin Larsh now hit two straight, I think Anthony Lottie's had a comeback senior year. I think he's hitting the ball a lot better. I think he did three out of the four kicks that he had against Michigan State. I thought he hit really well. But I'm interested in seeing how that punt return coverage unit reacts because there have been twice now where that fake punt against Michigan State, but then also there's that personal foul penalty against Northwestern that costed him not just possession but points. And obviously too, you know, we still haven't seen like, I don't think a fully consistent game from that third phase of the game. Does that concern you too? Well, I I think a big part of that is, you know, how well the offense and defense are playing. So when you, when you look at areas to critique, you know, special teams is a really pretty easy target there. Um, I I would agree though. I think there's some things that you would like to see uh, get kind of tuned up or, you know, you know, sharpened up a little bit uh, in a few facets on, on special teams. Uh, you know, I, I like you talked about Colin Larsh. You know, he's he's kicked better as of late. But you know, if if you're on the road in two weeks against Ohio State and Larsh has to kick a big field goal, I, I just you know the, he's not a guy that you think is going to be automatic there. And you know, part of it is because he's he's a younger guy and he, this is his first year starting. But you know, part of it is that he has you know had a few blunders this year. So. Um, you know, if there is an area on a team, you know, the number six team in the country, it probably is special teams. And, you know, this is another good opportunity to go on the road against a Big Ten team and, you know, fix a few of the things that you want to get cleaned up again before, you know, you have, you know, which what is definitely the biggest game of the season coming up in two weeks against Ohio State. We're going to get right now to an interview I had with outside linebacker Noah Burks on Monday talking about his pick six a little bit talking about his development and his progression. And you're going to hear the word consistent a lot likely, but he also, he has some really good 
insight into the Illinois offense and what he sees from his perspective. And we had some fun too. So here's Noah Burks. And then what we'll do from there, you'll hear from Doug Bouchon from Orange and Blue News before the break here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. We're here with Noah Burks, outside linebacker, as he prepares and the team for Illinois. Now, before that, talking to Zach Bond on Saturday, he said that you told him after his pick six, welcome to the club. (laughs) What else did you tell him after that 34-yard interception return for a touchdown on Saturday? Oh, man, I was just so excited for him. And that that came way later, like way later in the game. I was not. I was just so excited for him. Um, And, you know, that look was so perfect. That is the play he got the pick on. We got in the perfect down and distance we wanted to. We had the play call ready. We knew exactly what it was going to be. We got a buster bunch look, and we knew we were going to get slants on the backside, and he played it so perfectly. So to watch preparation meet meet opportunity, uh, it's really awesome to see. And then he was booking it too. He was moving. I think he was a little over 20 miles an hour on that run back. So, I mean, I was just so excited. And, you know, emotions run high on big plays like that and seeing your guys succeed. So um, what did I say to him? Man, I was just so proud of him. Just happy, you know, but we weren't done yet. How did you know that he was clocked at 20 miles per hour? Is there some stats going on in the back, some advanced stats in the background? Yeah, I just heard it later on in the meeting room the next day. So we have uh, trackers that keep track of that kind of stuff for us. Interesting. I was say, how much did you book yours on your pick six then? Uh, mine was only a little over 18, not very <laughs> much, but... To be fair, he was untouched. I was touched a little bit, you know, so I don't want to, I want to <laughs> lower myself too much there. When it comes to just this defense so far, what stands out in your eyes through six games? Or obviously, you're first in the nation in a variety of categories, but what stands out about your performance and the teams overall through six games? Uh, I think what stands out is consistency. Um, I think everyone does a great job of doing their job well. Uh, everyone's in the right places. I think that the front seven does a great job of being in the right spots, being gap sound. I think the DBs are doing a great job in coverage and filling as well. Um, obviously, we've seen a little adversity hit too. We've been rushed back onto the field after some special teams plays, and I think that we responded really well. I think that the fake punt that Michigan State ran was a big testament to that. Um, and then you see Chris come out, get a sack. And then Isaiah come out, get a sack. All of a sudden, we're back off the field. And, you know, that's a great feeling as a D. Uh, when your backs get against the wall, the momentum's against you, how are you going to respond to that? Um, so I think just consistently, uh, we've been doing a good job of playing consistent. From For your story, and obviously I know in the spring you were working with a lot with the ones in like a base package. You and I talked about that during yeah. the spring. But then, you know, during the fall camp, I know Isaiah got a lot of reps with, with the first teams, and then he goes down with an injury. How did you mentally take that in terms of fall camp and working? And then when opportunity presents yourself to, to be starting like you are, how did you take advantage of that? Yeah, I don't think much really changed, to be honest. Uh, I was still doing the same thing that I've been doing. Um, and I think just opportunity was there, and I know that the coaches have a lot of trust in me, uh, and that's what I try and do. I try and be the same guy all the time, and, you know, I think that with their trust in me, they know that they can put me out there, and I'm going to do the best I can to get my job done. Your progression, like we talked about, you know, you talked about getting stronger in the spring and you're holding up against a run more uh, when we talked back in April, but what have you, how have you seen yourself progress even from then till now? Mm, I would say I'm a lot more comfortable now especially playing in some big games now too, getting a lot of game reps. I think game reps definitely change things a little bit because then you've been out there, you know you're comfortable, you know what it's like out there. Um, 
with the comfort level, I think that I'm very comfortable with the guys around me too. I know that they always got my back. Um, and I know that they're going to be doing a jo good job too, and they're going to be making plays as well. So I think playing off my teammates and then just being more comfortable as I've gotten more game reps. Then to like, what's what's the key to a good pass rush in your opinion? Especially with maybe maybe I'll say this with Illinois. What what's going to be in your opinion a, a good indicator? What's a good idea for what a pass rush should be against Illinois and what they bring on offense? Yeah, I think the most important thing is trying to get an uh, Army Party indicator, so whether trying to get a key from the O-line to tell if it's going to be run or pass, and then communicating that across the front. Um, we haven't really looked too much into their tackles yet, but I'm assuming that I think speed's going to be a big thing, setting them up with speed first and then getting used to working off of that with counters and then power and then figuring out what's going to work best against their offensive tackles. What else? I know you said you haven't gotten into tackles, the tackles per se, but what else have you seen, if you have a chance to kind of dive into a little bit of film, what you've seen from Illinois' offense so far and what they what challenges could, could stress you guys on Saturday? Yeah, they're going to be a very high-tempo team. Uh, we've seen that on film. They've been able to get a lot of teams um, not ready prior to the snap. You see a lot of guys running around trying to figure out where they're supposed to be. So I think just making sure we're in the right calls, everyone's on the same page. Um, you see their O-line, they're out running. That's a little different. Like, they're really moving. They're pretty athletic uh, and fast. So that'll be a, something a little different that we haven't really seen. We've seen a lot more passive looks recently with a lot of RPO teams. So I think the tempo and uh, the speed that the offensive line is going to move at is going to be something that we're going to have to prepare for and adjust for. And then my last question, the defense, is, is there a nickname that you have for the group yet? It's for the unit, I mean, best in the nation right now, like I said, in a variety of categories, but is there a nickname, slogan, anything that, that you guys are having right now? No, not on the interior. I mean, like, some of the groups have their own individual nicknames. Like, I know that the inside backers have death row. We don't have anything. But I do keep seeing on social media the Wisconsin football accounts keep posting the goose egg gang. I did see that one, but on the interior, no, we don't have a nickname for ourselves or anything. We're just the Wisconsin D. Now, folks, Wisconsin got done over Michigan State. That's no surprise. Well, maybe it is a surprise by just how badly Wisconsin beat down Michigan State, and it became an easy cover. This week, a couple days, it's Illinois, and my bookie is your place for even more action for the game. Not only your point spread in total, but MyBookie offers in-game wagering, so track the action and movement as the game takes place. Game props, playoff odds, and national championship odds available too. Oh, of course there's Jonathan Taylor. We can't forget the Eisman odds. And that just scratches the surface. We have teamed with MyBookie this October to give you this great offer. Sign up at MyBookie.ag and use promo code OVERTIME, and they will match your first deposit. Again, promo code OVERTIME, and new users users get their first deposit doubled. MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. Joining us now on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media, we have Doug Bouchon from Orange and Blue News, our rivals, cousins who cover Illinois athletics. And Doug, homecoming weekend for Illinois. And what type of festivities should fans expect when they get down there? Well, you know, it's hard to say. You know, the attendance hasn't been that great, but I think for homecoming weekend, they got they do have a bunch of other things going on. There's there's an area just outside Memorial Stadium called Grange Grove. You know, it's named after Red Grange, uh, you know, the great uh, Illini player from way back when. And 
and uh, people gather there and they, they tailgate and all that kind of stuff. And they'll have live bands and uh, it should be a good time, you know, but um, like I said, the attendance hasn't been great and you, you hope that it picks up, you know, for the number six team in the country, Wisconsin coming in. And I know that Wisconsin travels well, so there'll be a lot of, a lot of red in the stands, a lot of, a lot of Wisconsin fans there. So, you know, it's always a good time. I love college. If you love college football, it's, it's festive time and uh, should be a good time on Saturday. Now, Illinois comes into the game two and four, oh, and three in the Big Ten. But what have been kind of just some of the general impressions that you've had from this team halfway through the regular season? Well, you know, it's been disappointing. I mean, they 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 got two wins against some teams that are really down, UConn and Akron, two teams that are really struggling. They lost to Eastern Michigan, a team that hasn't really done well since since they played Illinois. That that was kind of uh, you know a, a real eye opener when they lost to Eastern Michigan, and then the needle kind of started pointing down. And, and uh, they haven't won since. And and uh, you know, I think people are getting a little frustrated with, with Lovey Smith and. And uh, and uh, they're hoping somehow they can flip the script and turn things around. Now, Wisconsin's probably not a, a good week to do that. This is a team, you know, I think that can com- compete for a Big Ten championship along with Ohio State and and possibly even get in the college football playoffs. So, uh, not a good week for Illinois to try to turn things around. It'll be the fifth straight loss if they lose to Wisconsin. Uh, so disappointing so far. And uh, Lovey Smith certainly on the hot seat and, and looking for ways to to get a spark and turn this thing around. That's going to be one of my questions to you, too. You know, Lovey Smith, obviously the former Chicago Bears head coach in the NFL, a former Wisconsin assistant. What uh, what makes it on the hot seat? Is it just the obviously the record? But have you seen some signs of improvements there or is it just right now? You know, you said fifth straight loss, possibly if they lose to Wisconsin this weekend. Is it just that losing streak and, and not seeing as much improvement as people would like? Yeah, and, you know, and, and there'll, there'll be games where they're just not competitive. You know, some games they are. They, you know, they got down 28 to nothing to Michigan last week and and, and did have a really impressive comeback. You know, they scored a, a, a bunch of points in a row, got within three, got within three points, and then uh, fumbled twice in the fourth quarter, and Michigan just kind of put it out of reach. But, but you know, they traveled to Minnesota, and you're thinking – you know, talent level and stuff. That's that's probably a team uh, that you can com- com- compete with, and they just didn't even compete. They just got uh, they got steamrolled by uh, Minnesota's running game, over 300 yards on the ground, and uh, just a really disappointing loss there. And and uh, you know, when you, as soon as you think the team maybe is going to start turning things around, they'll have a game like that where, where it's it's just blah. You know, they just don't they don't come out ready to play. And and uh, we've seen that so much over the last four years in Lovey Smith's tenure. Uh, he has, you know, recruiting-wise, he's landed some high-end talent. He got some good transfers, you know, uh, coming in fifth-year transfer type of guys that, that are performing pretty well. But just not a lot of depth of talent. Uh, haven't added enough quality players where if, if they have a couple of injuries, they can plug a guy in and and they keep on going. So, you know, it's just all those things that you see when a program is down and that you're seeing with the Lovey Smith, uh, Lovey Smith teams here in the last few years and. And uh, there's still hope that he can turn it around, but it's not looking too good right now. When it comes to, you talked about the defense and we'll start there first. What, I mean, we've, we've seen some good things from Illinois there. They lead the nation in forced fumbles and fumble recoveries. And you, there's also a, a linebacker there that also leads in the individual player category for that matter. But then you mentioned to it in our written Q and a that we had earlier this week that, they all was Illinois averages 324 yards rushing allowed per contest 
what's led to that? You know, what's led to the good and what's led to the bad? Well, the good, you know, I think it's just been a, it's a major focus. Turning ball over is just a major focus of Levy Smith. You know, it always has been uh, during his tenure as a head coach with the Bears, with the Bucks, and when he was a defensive coordinator in the NFL, it was a staple of his defenses. They they relied on turnovers. They they rip at the ball. They punch at the ball, uh, and try to turn guys over. And and they they do that pretty well this year. Jake Hansen is the linebacker you mentioned, and got five forced fumbles, uh, leads the Big Ten, uh, and they lead the Big Ten in you know in uh, takeaways. I think they have 14 takeaways. So uh, that. Um, but, you know, you can, it's not something you can rely on every week. And winning the turnover battle is, is something that, that comes and goes. So, you know, they just got to start stopping people. They just can't stop the run. They're, you know, they have mismatches up front. They don't get a big push up front. Um, they don't pursue all that well. They don't tackle well in space. And then I think I said in our story that in the back seven, they don't have a lot of speed. And, you know, Nate Hobbs is a fast guy in one corner, but the rest of the secondary – uh, they don't really run well, don't run to the ball that well. So just just hard time getting stops, you know, getting three and outs, getting the ball back. And and um, uh, it's been that way now for, for three and a half years under Levy Smith. Now, offensively, Brandon Peters was knocked out of the game against Minnesota a couple weeks back with looked like a head injury. He didn't play last week against Michigan and a redshirt freshman had to step in. What's the, if you could tell our listeners, as you did during our, our written Q&A, what's the updated status on Peters? Will he be able to go? And and what should fans expect out of Illinois' offense in terms of playmakers and their scheme on Saturday? Yeah, uh, midweek, you know, yesterday, that, that still didn't know about Brandon Peters. He was going through concussion protocol, we believe. So that uh, Levy Smith didn't have, really have an update. And uh, we don't know yet if he's going to be a go or not for Saturday. And if he is, he's more of a, you know, more of a pocket passer. He's a decent athlete, but he's not a guy that you're going to run uh, read options with or RPOs or, or plays or, you know, design runs for the quarterback. He's, he's a tall pocket passer, uh, fairly accurate thrower, you know, and, uh, you know, he has some problems when you put him under pressure. So those Wisconsin linebackers are really going to, uh, really going to cause him some trouble, but um, you know, and, in his place is Matt Robinson, uh, the backup. He's a redshirt freshman, a smaller kid, more of a guy that you're going to uh, get some plays with his feet out of him. He moves around pretty well. You know, he, he throws on the run pretty well. You can run the read option with him. So they'll adjust the play calling a little bit, you know, with the um, offensive coordinator, Rod Smith. And it, it's more it's more of the system that Rod Smith liked, I think. You know, having a quarterback who can move around, and, and Matt Robinson can do that. Uh, but then, you know, last week against Michigan, he made too many negative plays. He had two fumbles in the fourth quarter that just allowed Michigan to, to put the game away. So they're they're looking for a little better performance from the quarterback position. You have Reggie Corbin, who I know Wisconsin's faced a couple times. Uh, what have you seen out of him this year? I know there maybe he had a little bit of an injury early on. And who are some of the wide receiver threats that Wisconsin's secondary will have to defend against? Yeah, Reggie Corbin, you know, he had a hit pointer. Um, uh, I think week two or week three, and this hasn't really quite been the same. You know, he's he's a, he's a guy who's shifty. He can change directions, and we get him out out in space on some of the outside outside zone plays and quick traps and stuff like that. He could, you know, he he can now run guys and make people miss in the in the, the open field. And uh, I think he's the fourth leading rusher in the Big Ten right now, even though he's not having the kind of great year that he had last year when he was a junior. Uh, so you know, they'll get him the ball a lot. He's backed up by Dre Brown, a senior who had some injuries, but has all of his, you know, is healthy now and, and having a pretty good year. Uh, the wide receivers, you know, they get, 
uh, Josh uh, Imaturbebe, who, you know, they got him from USC. Uh, he didn't play a lot at SC, but uh, this is a, a long kid, physical kid, who's really good in the red zone, can go up and high point the ball, and, and he's really emerging as a go-to player for the line, especially in, especially in the red zone. And that's a guy that the Wisconsin's going to have to keep an eye on. You know, they, they toss the ball up to him and let him go up for jump balls and bring him down. He does a great job, and he's got – you know, he leads the team in receiving yards and touchdowns. Lastly, Doug, uh, well, two more questions for you. One, uh, besides the Peters injury, who else is banged up or questionable or won't go and who may return? And how will that affect anything for Illinois on Saturday? Yeah, I don't think they're, I think they go into the game fairly healthy. You know, I, um, I Sydney, another wide receiver they got from USC, another, you know, another fifth year grad guy they got from USC. He's a slot receiver. Uh, he's been starting in the slot, but uh, he missed last week. We saw him on the sidelines at Memorial Stadium on crutches, so uh, doubtful that he'll go on Saturday. Uh, Dominic Stampley, a former JUCO transfer, will start in his place in the slot, and Tyron Cumbie, a, a freshman out of Texas, will play a lot too. So you'll see those guys in place of Sydney, and, and that's really about it. You know, they've been banged up some in the secondary. They're not 100% healthy, but I think everybody's going to play this week, and uh, they they head into the game in fairly good shape. You know, as far as health wise. Last question for you. How do you see this game playing out? Well, you know, on paper, it's a mismatch. I mean, nothing, you know, there's no way to sugarcoat that. Number six team, six team in the country, great running game, you know, and, and Illinois can't stop the run. So that, I think this is a game uh, that uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to, you know, pad his resume a little bit, and, and he may not even play the whole game. I, you know, I'd expect Wisconsin to, to have maybe a couple backs over 100 yards, and, and Illinois just can't stop the run. I don't see that improving on Saturday. And then uh, that great Wisconsin defense, what can you say? They just, they've had a great defense for several years running now. You know, they stop people. They don't give up a lot of points. And it's, it's going to be tough on Illinois. They, they, Illinois would just have to have a spectacular game out of the quarterback position, I think, to, ha- to, to have a chance to keep this close. And uh, I just don't see it happening right now. And I think in, our, you know, in, the, in the story we did for your side, I think I predict 48 to 13. And, and uh, you know, 13 points is maybe being a little generous when you when you look at that great Wisconsin defense. That you, you'll worry about it a lot if you're an Illinois fan. And so, so you know, heading into this game, it's homecoming. You want to see a good performance, but uh, this is probably not the week uh, for Illinois to turn things around. Doug, we appreciate you jumping on the show. Where can people find you on social media? But also, what could people expect, obviously being part of the Rivals family, what could they expect from Orange and Blue News this weekend? Well, this weekend, you know, it's um, you know flipping it on to the other sport. It's a big weekend for the basketball visitors. They have a point guard, uh, you know, named Andre Corbello visiting one of their top targets. Big long visitor list. Several kids coming in in the 21, 22 class. So we got a lot of stories on that stuff. Uh, visitors on the football side, some official visitors on the football side, and then uh, game day stuff. You know, the um, a quick reaction after the game, player interviews, uh, video interviews. Just uh, everything we do every week for Illini football games. So, uh, you know, it's a busy time of year for us with basketball starting up and and the football in full swing. So, some really good stuff on the side. Uh, you can you can um, you can read all of our stuff uh, and, uh, at orangeandbluenews.com and then follow us on Twitter at uh, Illinois Rivals. Doug, appreciate you making time for us today on this Thursday afternoon. Looking forward to seeing you in the press box on Saturday. Yeah, we'll see you there. Looking forward to it. Folks, that's Doug Bouchon from Orange and Blue News. We're going to take a quick break. Come back more here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We are back on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. This is senior writer Jay Kokorowski. We got John McNamara, editor, recruiting analyst for Wisconsin, for Wisconsin.Rivals.com, better known as Badger Blitz. And now let's actually get to the game. You've heard from Doug. You've heard from Noah Burks about what he's going to look for with the offense. We already talked a little bit about special teams. We've talked about the injury report and how to watch the game, but let's get down to the analysis. First offense. It's going to be a real interesting challenge for Wisconsin. Illinois leads the nation in forced fumbles with 11 and fumble recoveries with 10. They have an inside linebacker, Jake Hansen, that, leads the nation in that category for individual player recognition there. The flip side, they're giving up nearly 31 points per game. And in the what three big 10 contests, they've given averaged 324 yards allowed on the ground, which Wisconsin fans probably look at that. And they're it's the bulging eyes emoji. If you want to go in that terminology, but John, what is your, key to the game on offense for Wisconsin you know again there's there's not a whole lot to say I I don't think um you know it's kind of cliche to say well don't turn the ball over and get off to a quick start Uh, I just think it's you know Jack Cohn and what he's been able to do you know you saw what he he did last week uh you know what he's 18 for 21 uh 180 yards and a touchdown uh you know that was with you know Jonathan Taylor kind of being bottled up you know as much as you can bottle up a guy like Jonathan Taylor. So I, I just think that, you know, what he's done, uh, you know, this season has been, you know, really impressive. And, uh, you know, his his ability to keep that offense on the field, you know, one, by converting on third downs, and, and two, by not turning the ball over, you know, one interception uh, is really, really excellent. And, you know, that's, that's coming off a couple of Alex Hornibrook years where, you know, he was, you know, in the high – high teens, you know, maybe I think one season through for, you know, somewhere in the 20s. So um, when you have that consistency at that position, it makes life a lot easier. So I think that you're looking for a similar performance from Cone. And if you get that, you know, it it opens up so many other things like Jonathan Taylor, um, you know, like the receivers, like a guy like Jake Ferguson. So, you know, if Taylor's moving the ball, if he's hitting his receivers, you know, changes how the defense has to play. That opens up stuff for Taylor, and I think that that's kind of an easy recipe for Wisconsin to, you know, go on the road and come back home uh, with a pretty easy victory over Illinois. Yeah, I'll keep it pretty simple with Wisconsin. I'm going to say ground game, based on those stats I mentioned before. Overall, Illinois has given up over 200 yards rushing per game. 
as I mentioned, about 324 to Big Ten squads. Minnesota rolled over them, and I feel Wisconsin's going to have that ability to do so, and I think this is a bounce-back game for Jonathan Taylor. Establish him early. Could have a significant amount of yardage. I think Nakia Watson, Garrett Grosha could have big days as well. But the second part of that, too, with that, protect the ball because of what Illinois can do in creating turnovers. And that's, I mean, 14 takeaways altogether, 10 fumble recoveries, four interceptions. This is going to be a big game for Wisconsin to protect the ball, but just dominate, assert the presence. I think play action, you mentioned Cone. I think it's going to be consistent there too in terms of set up play action well, keep that defense honest. But I don't know if that's going to matter much if Wisconsin can you know, just ground the ball and pummel Illinois into submission that way. So let's look on the other side of the ball. Defense, Illinois actually averaging almost 31 points per game. Only, you know, gosh, not too much over in terms of offense, in terms of yardage there. But what are your keys for Wisconsin's defense to lock down yet another offensive unit and possibly, and we never assume this because it's very hard to do in college football, but this could be an opportunity for a fifth shutout in seven games. Yeah. You know, when, when we were doing the Kent state podcast, I said that, you know, it might take Wisconsin's defense a a couple drives to really figure out Kent state and the tempo that they like. And, you know, that just wasn't the case. Wisconsin dominated from start to finish. Um, you know, again, you could say the same thing about Illinois, you know, will they, you know, it presents, you know, maybe a, a unique look that Wisconsin hasn't quite seen yet. But again, I just, this, this defense is playing at such a high level. So my key to the game is no second half targeting penalties uh, because, you know, the players are not allowed to, you know, look beyond Illinois, but I certainly am able to. So that would be my key. Uh, no second half targeting penalties that will cost you time against Ohio State. So I would just sit Reggie Pearson. You know, not that he's a dirty or malicious player. He's just, he's just the hardest hitter, maybe on that defense from the from the secondary. So you know, keep everyone you know healthy and and fully eligible for for when you play Ohio State in two weeks. That's my key to the game on defense. That targeting is a great point, and not just because you're my editor, you know, and my boss, but. It really, that is something that we've seen Colin Wilder play well. I think John Torchio held up okay. Wilder leads the team in passes defended. I think it's six because he's got the interception and then five pass breakups. But having Reggie Pearson and Eric Burrell back there with Scott Nelson out for the year, Burrell and Pearson can make such an impact. Uh, and we've seen that already. So, that's a great call out there. I'm going to say, I'm going to keep it what they've always done too. the whole SOS, same old stuff, clog up that running game. Cause Reggie Corbin's a Corbin's a very special back. Remember last year, he had that 80 yard touchdown run against the Badgers in camp Randall stadium. So he's a good back. I know when you talked to Doug earlier, he mentioned that hip pointer injury that he had earlier this year, but I think, you clog up that, you know, that running back. I think Wisconsin will, if Brandon Peters can or cannot go, if it's Matt Robinson, the redshirt freshman, Wisconsin, that might be getting that pressure to him and whatnot. And an inexperienced quarterback, that'll be very 
interesting to see just how much they can rattle the younger signal caller there. So make Illinois one-dimensional and get to that quarterback like they have. Uh, it could be a big game for Wisconsin's defense if they do so there. John, is there anything else with this game that stands out to you? Yeah, you know, I, I always kind of try to look through things with uh, you know, a, a recruiting lens on and you know, we, we did the past recruiting battles between Illinois and, and Wisconsin and you know, for two teams that kind of border each other, uh, there just there aren't a lot of common targets there. Uh, you know, Illinois doesn't have any Wisconsin kids on their roster. Um, and you know, even guys like, you know, I wrote about this, Kendrick Pryor and Jack Sanborn, you know, those guys didn't even have offers from uh Illinois during during their recruitment. So you know, if you look at what Lovey Smith has tried to do, you know, he's pulled some some pretty good prospects from that Missouri area, um, you know, kind of that that East St. Louis area as well. Uh, but he hasn't really gone north and, and recruited a lot of the guys that uh, Wisconsin commonly goes after, you know, guys in that Chicago area and kind of north of that as well. So, um, you know, I found that interesting. You know, is a guy like Lovey Smith fighting for his job, you know, in these next handful of games? Uh, I, I would say, yeah, you know, a, a guy that came in with, you know, high expectations and, and you know, this program just hasn't done anything. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they were giving away free tickets to the students to get in. Uh, you know, that, that program is just a mess right now. You know, it's not, you know, it's not a school or a program that's, that's, you know, done big time things for, for a long time in the big 10, but, you know, to see where it's been for so long, it's just, um, you wonder how long Lovey Smith has left and you wonder if whoever comes in, uh, you know, to replace him, if that were to happen, um, do they take, you know, recruiting from a different vantage point? You know, do they go into the state of Wisconsin and start to recruit like a lot of teams have, you know, Iowa, Michigan State, you know, and then all, you know, the the, the schools like the Dakotas and, and, you know, all the directional Michigan and, and Illinois schools. So um, it's just it's just an interesting point where Illinois is at right now. And I, I think it might cost Lovey Smith his job at the end of the season. Those are our takeaways for the game. Before we get to the Logan Bruss interview, let's get to some mailbag questions, folks. We're going to have a written Q&A up for our subscribers. We do this pretty much every week or so where we have the written Q&A, some mailbag questions that are submitted by the Badger Blitz community. Part, and If you subscribe to Rivals and the Badger Blitz website, you get exclusive access to the Badger's Den. That's where you hear all the rumblings and stuff that John and I are trying to confirm, especially on the recruiting trail. And we also, pretty much every Saturday night or early Sunday, we release the mailbag thread for each respective matchup. And we got a couple. We'll have a written one out tomorrow morning published where we answer four questions, a couple of recruiting, a couple about the team. But let's do a couple for the podcast too. From badgerblitz.com subscriber, Paisan, hopefully I pronounced that right. Taylor and Tyler Biotish will declare for the NFL draft, in his opinion. Do you see anyone else leaving early? What do you think, John? Uh, well, I think Taylor is, you know, 100% gone. Um, you know, th- that just makes sense where he's at. You know, his stock is extremely high, and, you know, coming back for another year doesn't do it. And the position that he plays, you know, you want to enter the NFL with the, the least amount of mileage on you as possible. So, yes, Taylor, I agree with. You know, Biotis at the start of the year, I said, yeah, most likely gone. Um, you know, I, I think he's been playing okay, but maybe not at, at the highest level that, you know, you would expect him to be playing at. Again, I think he's having a good season. 
but maybe not great. I'd be curious to see what his grade was. Um, I could definitely still see him leaving early. You know, I think he was close last year. Um, you know, this season, you know, could be it for him. I, I definitely agree with that. But I, I, I don't know that he's as a you know rock solid guarantee as as Jonathan Taylor. But you know, we'll have to see. You know, in in a month or two here. Um, other than that, you know, you look at you know maybe a guy like Quintez Cephas. Um, you know, he's he's had a, a good season, but again, he's I think he still has some some stuff to prove. Uh, after missing all of last season, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, uh, outside of that, you know, Jake Ferguson, uh, he's kind of had a quiet year so far. You know, I think he's trending in the right direction though. Um, you know, maybe some guys on defense. I, I, I don't, I, I guess to answer the question, no, I don't think of any other guys besides those two Taylor and Biotish, uh, that are in a position to leave early. Um, but you know, I guess there's, there's still a good chunk of the season left. I'm wondering about Cole Van Lannan, and obviously we don't have any insider info for any of these guys at the moment, but I do wonder about him. I mean, pro football focus has graded him out pretty well. They loved him last year, which again, for those that like pro football focus that, you know, those grades back it up. I, I think he's done pretty well this year. I wonder about him, but you know, if there's two, it, I think Jonathan Taylor, like you said, I think is a pretty, I mean, it was even talked about during, Big Ten media days with Paul Chris that he said it was, you know, essentially when he talked with the beat writers on that Thursday in July, essentially said it's a logical thought process basically to assume that this would be his final year because of the number of carries. And now I think during the season, now you extrapolate that we're not just how he's running the ball, but that added skill set of catching the ball out of the backfield only helps his stock. Tyler Biotish too, if he does declare, obviously he's already highly regarded. There's mock drafts with him going in the first round early on here. So again, it's still early on. We're not going to talk to the guys about this because they're midway through the season. And obviously with what this season could be, they're not going to focus on what's ahead in terms of agents or declaring they're They're focused on each week. So it's not really even worth asking them there, but uh, a great question there from Paisan, though, just to kind of look ahead, a little bit of a, a crystal ball, if you will. Um, last one, though, from Lake Mills Badger. Have any leaders started to emerge on the defensive tackle list for the 2021 class? John, what do you have? Uh, I would say no. Um, again, still very early there. But if you look at the offers that are out right now, uh, Peyton Page, Taiwan Malone, Elliot Donald, and Jonathan Jefferson. Uh, Wisconsin's probably not getting either of those four. So, you know, you're going to look at some more offers that need to come out. And obviously, uh, you know, it doesn't look like Wisconsin will take a defensive tackle, uh, at least a scholarship one in the 2020 class. So you look to 2021 and you definitely want to have someone. So, um, I, I think some new offers are going to have to come out, uh, because I don't think any of the guys that have offers right now, uh, are going to be, you know, seriously considering Wisconsin, but again, you know, really, really early. And uh, you'll see some new names pop out, you know, during the off season. You'll probably get some guys on campus for junior days. So, you know, I, that's a position where I would think some more offers are going to come out. Before we begin wrapping up the show, here is the interview I had with Logan Bruss, the starting right tackle for the Wisconsin Badgers from Monday during player availability. We talk about his progression. We talk about the offensive line and much more. Here he is on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Here we are here with Logan Bruss and 
six and zero, number six in the country. Just overall, what could you tell the fans about just the mood of this team right now, midway through the regular season? Uh, we're definitely happy with where we're at, but we realize there's a lot left to play and there's a lot of season left, and we have a lot of room we need to grow to get to where we want to go. So that's what we're focused on. Going back to Michigan State real quick, what stood out to you, you know, in terms of I know they appeared to try, you know, bottle up the, the rushing attack to a decent extent, but what stood out about what they did against you guys, and you know, especially with Jonathan Taylor not going over the century mark? Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew their main focus was going to be to stop the run, and uh, we were confident with the other guys, like the receivers and Jack, and making plays, and uh, we made plays when we needed to make them, and uh, our focus that game was just to keep grinding out plays and. Uh, try to get some good fits for JT, and uh, we realize there's a lot of stuff we left on the table, and we're hoping to clean some of that stuff up coming forward. On the flip side, though, you guys kept Jack pretty upright on on Saturday. What did you see on film from that? I mean, that was a pretty vaunted defensive line going in. How did you guys work to contain them? Uh, just trusting the technique. I mean, we work a lot of the pass pro technique in practice, and just trusting the guy next to you, trusting the protection, and uh, just working together as one. When it comes to Illinois now, uh, you're looking at just some of the statistics, I know one of the defensive linemen I think already has 10.5 tackles for loss. What have you seen early on, and if you've had a chance to watch film, that stands about uh, out about that Illinois front seven? Uh, they definitely have some talented guys in that defense, and just to get in the game, you have to prepare the same way and uh, uh, just prepare for the task at hand and just play your game. How have you seen yourself develop? I mean, you're going in, you're a full-time starter now. I know you know, missed one game earlier against Central Michigan, but last year where you started three games for David Edwards, how have you seen yourself progress from there to now? Uh, just constant improvement each day, and I think I definitely got a lot stronger in the offseason. But it's just there's little things that pop up every day, every game. Uh, so it just gives me something new to focus on every week. How's the... You're rotating three guards where it's been Jason Erdman, Josh Seltzner, Caden Lyles. How have you seen those three work through that? And also, how have you seen the offensive line you know, work? And maybe you're not having a, you know, the five consistent linemen every, every series, but how have you guys seen yourself work through that? I think it shows that we have a lot of guys that can play ball really well. And, uh, I mean, it takes a little bit in practice. I mean, we have a lot of different combinations of guys in there in practice, and uh, just getting that work with different people, it takes a little bit extra to know, like, how a certain guy is going to play next to you, but I think we've got a lot of uh, reps into that, and I feel pretty confident with whoever's in there. And, uh, I mean, whoever's in there plays well, and that's all that really matters. When, uh, When you have, you know, the hippo package, jump in and I remember last year you had you, know, you were one of the extra linemen uh, before David's injury but what stands out about that package that makes it special besides obviously it's it's lineman love for offensive lineman enthusiasts it's a they enjoy it greatly but what stands out about that package and what you guys can do against opposing defenses I think uh, the coaches have done a good job of getting different uh, plays and fits out of that and anytime we can get as many linemen there as possible Throwing a play right down the middle is, is always fun. Also with that, I mean, two years ago, Michael Dieter scored on that four-yard, technically a four-yard run mm-hmm. or lateral, whatever you want to call it. But, I mean, do you foresee potentially with that package some possible fits for the linemen to make some plays again? I mean, honestly, you never know. And uh, Coach Rudolph is a pretty creative guy, so something like that won't surprise me down the road. But nothing as of now. Wrapping up this edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, John, 
Of course, we got game coverage coming up. Illinois, Wisconsin, I'll be making my way down there and we'll have our normal weekend content and more. But what else should fans expect from BadgerBliss.com on the recruiting trail coming up this weekend? Yeah, you know, we'll uh, get out to a game hopefully tomorrow night. You know, if the weather permits, it should. Um, you know, so we'll have some coverage of that. And, uh, you know, this is the first away game in quite a while. So we won't have, you know, obviously some some of that visitor reaction, that visitor content. But, uh, you know, there's some some guys in the 2021 class that you want to catch up with. So Sunday I'll still be making a lot of calls. It just won't be from guys that, that were obviously on campus for a game uh, from the previous day. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll be action-packed. And then like we talked about last podcast, uh, basketball starting up, I think they – their first exhibition game is on the first of the month coming up. So, um, you know, that's yep. going to get going. And, uh, we, you know, we're, we've got a lot of stuff going on on the website right now. And, of course, folks, you can find all this information on BadgerBlitz.com, Wisconsin.Rivals.com. We put up our articles on Facebook, Wisconsin Badgers on BadgerBlitz.com. On top of that, Twitter, follow John at McNamara Rivals, me at Coco. K-O-C-O and the Badger Blitz account at Badger underscore Blitz. We have an Instagram account as well. And for this podcast, we want to make this the most Badger centric podcast available. And to do that, we would love reviews. Give us some feedback. Hey, five-star reviews are great. Why? It helps us grow this site and make it more popular, this podcast more popular and we want to reach as many people as we can and talk Wisconsin Badgers. And with the big season like this, why not? So feel free to leave us reviews. We'd love, like I said, five-star reviews are great. However, give us, give us genuine feedback. We would love to know how to make this show a lot better. And we have done so, and we've actually implemented a lot of changes since we started uh, and we rejuvenated this podcast back in June. And you can find us also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, tune in and subscribe to that. It's free. This is a free podcast. And what does subscribe mean then anytime we upload a new show, which we'll do tonight and we'll do tomorrow. What that does it, whenever the new show hits, it goes straight to your desktop, to your phone, to your laptop or whatever, wherever you listen to the show, it will be up there. So again, make sure you guys subscribe, give us some great feedback. We want to, again, make this a great podcast for all Wisconsin Badger fans. And coming up tomorrow, like I teased earlier in the show, I had a chance to talk with Alec Ingold, and we're going to have a special edition of that show coming up tomorrow since we're so jam-packed with content today. We talk about his journey to the NFL and essentially you know, what he saw on homecoming weekend when he was back in town, how many people are coming to Lambeau Field this weekend when the Oakland Raiders, his team, travels to Green Bay to take on the Packers and a lot more. So uh, it was a great conversation with him earlier today, and we'll talk, you guys will hear it tomorrow, along with Zach Hintz. I have a third interview for the podcast. We talk about his nickname, Legatron, which appears to be growing some legs and a lot more. So folks, tune in next, you know, not, not just next week, tune in tomorrow for that special edition and tune in to so much more coming up on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media.